Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. I'm laughing at you because you're having microphone placement problems today. Yeah, it's driving me crazy. It like will not stop sliding t- right towards my face. And if it gets too close, I'm going to be super loud. And I don't think anyone wants that. Yeah, it's getting real close. That's okay. Well, other than that, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Um, I feel like it's been a good day. It's been a good week. I really have nothing to complain about. I actually, I think it's been such a good week because obviously like restrictions are decreasing for those who are fully vaccinated and I am. And so like, it's actually kind of weird. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've been going into like coffee shops and things and no one's wearing a mask and it's so strange. And I have to kind of like tell myself like, I know. CDC says it's okay. Like, I'm not. It started, um, I think it was like Monday that it was, I don't know if it was a nationwide thing or if it was just Washington, but um, Washington is very mask conscious and like Mm -hmm. really to the point where like you can't really walk down the street, especially in Seattle, without having a mask on. And so I went to the grocery store uh, today and there were some people without masks. And I like internally, I'm also fully vaccinated, but it hasn't been two weeks yet for me. Mm. But, like, I'm panicking. It's, like, not anything bad. Like, people can do it. It's totally fine. I have no problems with it. But it's weird how in a year, basically, you can all of a sudden be hypersensitive about something and not even realize how much it affects you. I know. And it's also so weird. It's going to be weird for a while not knowing what to do because every, like, business is so different. Mm -hmm. So I, like, walked into a bookstore, and when I first walked in – no one was wearing a mask. And I came into the store with my mask on because I wasn't sure. So I took my mask off because I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm fully vaccinated. Apparently, you know, that's okay. And also I don't want to, I don't know. I just don't want to be the only person masked I up know. here. But then I turn a corner and everyone I see is wearing a mask and I'm the only one not wearing a mask. And I'm like, <laughs> well, now I feel like I'm making some sort of statement. I'm not at all. But so I like kept putting it on, taking it off. I didn't know what to do. I felt <laughs> I so confused. I don't want to make anyone upset. I just want to like, whatever. I don't know. I know. It feels like you're like <laughs> saying like whether you're vaccinated or not or whether you like, it feels like a statement, even though you're just trying to figure out what to do. I'm not trying to make any statements, right? I know. I know. It's really confusing. I just want to, I don't know, smile. It has been really fun to smile at people. I started going to a cycling place, like kind of still, I don't like a few months ago. So mm-hmm. all the people I like have seen there, people at the front desk have always known me with a mask on. Mm-hmm. And then the first day that the mask requirement was lifted, I went in there, you know, and no one was wearing a mask. So I took mine off. And the girl who always checks me in and knows me was like, what's your name? And I was like, Alyssa. And she's like, oh my gosh, like I have never seen your full face. <laughs> it's so weird. It's funny because this part of your, like the below your nose or to your, like your nose and below, like that is such a defining part of your face, like your mouth, like smiling. Yeah. It's wild. I know. I was the only person in my bar, like my pure bar class that had a mask on still because a lot of the women are 
probably were eligible for the vaccine before me mm-hmm. because they're in a different age bracket. And so in Washington, it took forever to yeah. roll that out. So I was the only one wearing a mask because you have to be vaccinated to do so, to take it off. And I still have like a week and I was like so bummed out because I was like, I promise oh. I'm vaccinated. I just have to wear my mask. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I feel like we all just need to like not judge whatever other people are doing mm-hmm. and just be nice to each other and try to navigate what you think's right. Yeah. Like, but don't get upset about what anyone else is doing, you know, just gotta do your own thing. Yeah. We're going to, this is our PSA to be a good person. Yeah. Just be nice. I just want everyone to be nice all the time. I hope people start smiling at each other more now. I like, yeah. like, let's be like, let's never take that for granted again. Exactly. That is, has been so fun because yeah. the whole mask thing, like I would still smile with my mask on and you can't tell. And it, it just looks like we're all passing each other with no smiles. But now I'm like smiling from ear to ear at everybody. Yep. I know. I'm happy about that. Yeah. And since things are going back to normal, like we're going to a baseball game tomorrow night. We're going to a Predators hockey game <gasps> Sunday. Oh my gosh. I won't go. To, we're, we're so chatty. Um, I won't go too far into it, but I'm just so we just found out that um, some of our friends are singing the national anthem at the game Sunday. So we get to go and like be in a suite, which we've never done. You know, <sighs> we're going to feel fancy. Yeah. I know. So I can't wait to live the fancy life. That'll be really fun. I'm jealous. <sighs> I wish you could come. I know. Me too. It, I've been looking into it. <laughs> that would be so much fun. I know it would. We could do a live podcast. Yes. If anybody wants a live podcast, just tell us. <laughs> or, you know, we can put together like a social event or a workshop or something. I don't know. Let's just have an excuse. Everyone who listens to this to all hang out in Nashville <laughs> and listen to live music and yeah. Yeah. Have a good time. Yeah. Smile. <laughs> yeah. Smile at each other. <laughs> we think we're so funny. I know. Uh, okay. <sighs> well, we're talking about something like kind of interesting today. I really wanted, I really wanted the title to like kind of scare people. Is that bad? I mean, that's a marketer for you. Not scare, (laughs) not scare them, but like, I wanted it to be like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Kind of just, so that's good. Shocking. Yeah. I say that means you are a marketing person and you know what you're doing. And we always talk about how you should use tactics like that, but you shouldn't be misleading. And we will certainly not be misleading in our title. No. So we're good. But we were talking about, and I put Q, panic. (laughs) Why are my open rates dropping? Ooh, we hear this one all the time. Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't have an email list, but if I was a sender and I did see my my open rates drop, I would be panicking too. So I say this out of love Mm -hmm. and not making fun of you for panicking. I, I would be panicking as well. Yeah. But- it's understandable. But we want to help people not panic and help them understand, like, have the information to help them, like, ask questions and be able to pinpoint maybe what might be happening. Yes, I love that. And I think that's an important thing for us to talk about because I have seen, like, I'll see on Twitter or just in people's conversations, someone will say, like, oh, my gosh, my open rates went from, you know, 30 to 15 percent. And then someone on Twitter will respond who is not a deliverability expert. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, have you checked 
X, Y, Z or some, you know, and I, as someone watching from the outside is like, that's not going to affect anything or, Mm -mm. you know, like that's probably not what it is. And this poor person has no idea. So they're going down all these different rabbit holes. Right. So it can be really frustrating if you're trying to solve all this on your own, Mm -hmm. because there are a million articles and advice and things out there that could just lead you way down the wrong path and Mm -hmm. waste a lot of time. Definitely. Well, And one thing I wanted to start off with in general uh, related to this was like, when you say your open rates are decreasing, in what capacity are they decreasing? Like in increments of what? Like, are they going down 2% every week for two months? Are they dropping 20% overnight? Or are they changing 5% after one send? Right. And it's truly like, I think people might kind of roll their eyes and be like, well, a drop's a drop. But I really like would help and benefit you to determine like how much because that that could lead to like maybe a technical issue or it could lead to a maybe a sender mistake that was happening that caused like a sender reputation problem so like it's so helpful to figure out okay you see a drop and maybe it was gradual over time so you didn't realize how you know how low it is until like one day you look and you're like oh wow I'm at 15% open rate and it used to be at 40 but this is like a question that I typically go in and to account when someone asks me for help and I look to see like, okay, their open rates are dropping, like, but how much and over what period of time? Yes, that is so important. I feel like we see this a lot where, and we've talked about this plenty of times, but the fact that your open rates are numbers and they're metrics that you see typically right when you log into your ESP or it's sort of like the first thing you check, Mm -hmm. we tend to take human out of it mm-hmm. when in reality it is humans. Like you're looking at the metrics of what humans are doing. Are they opening your messages or are they not? And so whenever there are either, I think, really steep drops overnight or a gradual drop that's happening over time consistently, those are like signs that something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. But we have also had people write in and say like, this one email I just sent is... lower than usual, or maybe 5% lower than usual. Mm -hmm. And you, at that point, it's only been one send and the, you know, it's not a huge drop. You have to look at the human element of it. Right. I remember this happening a lot, like right when COVID started. Yeah. (laughs) All the email senders like, oh, my open rates are dropping. And we're like, we're in a pandemic. It just started. Everyone's in lockdown. Like no one knows what's going on. Right. People's kids are home. Like there's so much happening not everyone is opening their emails the same way they used to. So it's just important to like, yeah, like what you're saying is know how to tell if the open rate drop is indicating an issue of any Mm -hmm. kind, or if it's just normal fluctuations, like, hey, maybe it's Christmas and people are with their families, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I I saw a statistic recently too about, um, malicious like spam during the last year and a half too between a U.S. like presidential election and COVID at the same time. Mailbox providers have been working in overtime trying to manage spam and um, phishing. And so I think that's another thing too, just considering like your sender practices and people maybe have, (laughs) maybe they're just like being really particular about the emails they're opening. I know that that's something that's changed for me in the last year, actually, um, as a subscriber, is that I am very particular now about the emails that I open because I do get a lot more spam to my Gmail account than I ever have before. So I don't know if that's related to anything, you know, pandemic-wise, but um, 
I definitely think that that that's another thing to consider. Like things are just a little different after this last year. Yes, 100%. And I think the way that we consume digital content is changing constantly. Mm-hmm. I am seeing my screen all day long. And a lot of people are too working mm-hmm. from home or working from an office, but they're on their computer all day. I have Instagram and now Clubhouse that I barely use, but you know, Twitter. So I'm seeing constant advertisements, mm-hmm. promotions, things like that. So it does make you get a little bit more, at least for me, it makes me get a little bit more picky about my own inbox. I want mm-hmm. that to be more like transactional things, notifications, and then any kind of like exclusive content from brands I love and not stuff I'm going to see on their Instagram. Like, right. you know, a musician I love sending out pre-sale code or something like that, where it's like, I need this information in my email because if right. I'm not on their email list, I'm never going to know. Yep. Definitely agree. Sorry if I took a soft tangent there a little bit. <laughs> no, I think that was really good. I I do think that we talk all the time too about open rates being, we, we have a whole episode about not letting it be the only metric that you pay attention to. So anyways, even though we're talking about open rates today and like how to make sure, you know, if they are dropping, like what to do, I do think it's one of those that I I always try to help customers understand that there are other metrics that you you want to include alongside open rates. So as we move through this episode and we, we talk about it and really focus on it, like I think it's good to keep in mind that they are not the golden standard for a healthy or engaging email list. It, there are a lot of other things that are important to pay attention to as far as like the health of your your sender reputation goes. Cool. So whenever we're thinking about why open rates dropped, you have a really great list of questions that we can start to ask ourselves about why it might have dropped. So the first question is, have you moved ESPs or email service providers recently? That can certainly make your open rates sometimes increase, mm-hmm. sometimes decrease. It all sort of depends on how that um, migration or transfer kind of went, what your strategy was there. So we do have a whole podcast episode about um, how to switch ESPs without damaging your deliverability. That's a great one to go listen to. But in general, if you did just move to a new email service provider and your open rates are lower with your new email service provider, it could be pretty normal. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean the new email service provider has worse deliverability or anything like that. It's all about um, what the algorithms are seeing on the mailbox provider end. So if you used let's say your first mailbox provider for a while, mailbox providers like Gmail, you know, Microsoft, whoever, they're used to seeing your emails come from ESPA, whoever that was, whoever you used to use. So if you didn't gradually start to move your sending over to this new email service provider, um, I think that's one mistake a lot of people make is they just send to their full list right mm-hmm. off the bat and their new ESP. Mailbox providers just see a sudden change and they're like, whoa, this is not what we're used to. This went to a pretty large list of subscribers. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying earlier, Melissa, like mailbox providers are trying to fight spam first and foremost and phishing. So any sort of large change like that looks like a spammer is trying to pretend to be you using Mm -hmm. different IPs. We have um, a migrations team that can help you with a free migration service where they do most of the heavy lifting for you, which is amazing. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're insanely amazing. (laughs) And that's one of the steps that they take. So for anyone who migrates over to ConvertKit, they will help you with deliverability before you even 
click send on your Mm -hmm. first email and they'll help you ramp up your sending to Mm -hmm. reduce any of that um, drama. But that is a reason why open rates might drop if that is something that you just did. You just moved to a new Mm -hmm. ESP. And also making sure that you're not importing bounced or um, uh, like unsubscribes into your list when you do move over. That's something that can cause a lot of issues. So if you're seeing just like small changes in open rates, like Alyssa said, that's not something to really freak out about necessarily right away. But if you're seeing like a really high complaint rate or something like that, um, maybe double check that you imported the correct confirmed consented list and not people that I had previously unsubscribed because that would be bad. Yes, 100%. Okay. And next. Oh yeah. So this is perfect. This goes along with like any, you said a change that an email box provider sees can make them suspicious of you as a sender. So I ask customers this a lot when they reach out and like, okay, what changes have you made? Cause it kind of seems like maybe you made something different at this point. Mm-hmm. It can be anything from like the sender name that you like the domain name you use to your frequency of sending to your subscriber, like list as a whole, like how many subscribers you have. There are so many things that seem small, but if like one or two happen at the same time, it could make you look like you're doing something wrong, even if you're not. Yes. That's such an important one. I mean, it can come down to even the email template you use. That's one thing I check for sometimes whenever someone's saying, I send this exact, you know, email every Friday. It's a newsletter and, you know, pretty much looks the same Mm -hmm. every Friday. New content, but general same layout. And this one, this new one has a really low open rate. Like, I don't know what's happening. Sometimes I will, you know, like duplicate both of those messages Mm -hmm. and look and see. And a lot of times they created a new template somewhere Mm -hmm. along the way. And that new template has lower open rates because they did some sort of like HTML error whenever Mm -hmm. coding the template Mm -hmm. and that made the open pixel stop working. So all that to say, there are so many changes you could make from email to email that can influence your open rates dropping. Um, I love the example you gave about even the sender name is a big deal. Someone wrote in recently, they actually are using a different ESP right now, but they wanted, they're checking out ConvertKit and they wanted some advice before they even moved to ConvertKit. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for their email list and, you know, I went to their website. It was an app. So I went to the app's website, signed up for the email list, and I immediately get an email from a name I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. And it's their CEO's name, but there's no mention of the brand anywhere. And my first thought was like, who is this? What's this email about? Um, And so if I wouldn't have checked my email immediately, maybe if that would have happened like a few hours later, I check my email, I see that I probably would have just assumed it was spam and Mm -hmm. either never opened it or marked it as spam or unsubscribed. So anyways, um, little things like that can make a big difference. And if you change something like that, it can cause your opens to drop. I cannot tell you how many times I have not opened an email. This is like one I'm very passionate about and it's not something we need to go into detail over, but (laughs) it drives me crazy. The amount of emails I have from like Mark, that Mark S. And then I realize like (laughs) who it's from and I'm like, all they had to do is put Mark S from ConvertKit or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Um, And it would have been easier to to instantly know. I think we do have a Mark S that ConvertKit, so. Oh, sorry. We're not talking about you. <laughs> We're not talking about you. <laughs> sorry. You're great. <laughs> oh, God, that was funny. Um, <laughs> I totally, I, I think, yeah. 
I had a thought and now I can't remember what it was because I was <laughs> laughing about that. No, it's not your fault. Uh, let me think for a second. Oh, so not only because I know some people change their sender name on purpose um, because they have two different lists on their uh, like in, in their account. And like maybe it's maybe you have segments too that like dog people and cat people. And maybe you have like two different sending domains for that. But I have seen people actually click the wrong one on accident. So they're not even trying to send like with a bunch of different do- domains like on purpose. They just like clicked the wrong one. So anyways, just be careful what you click when you're sending things. No, that's a good tip. I was just going to say, I know you mentioned like list size. So I think one that we see pretty often as well is someone will say, my open rates are dropping. And then we go investigate and the drop occurred right after they imported a new list of subscribers. Mm -hmm. So it's like maybe their opens were like 30% and they were sending to 15,000 people. And then they started sending to 30,000 people and their opens are 10%. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can't compare the open rates from, you know, the smaller list with the open rates to the larger list. This is a totally different audience now, pretty Mm -hmm. much. Even though some of the same subscribers are there, you've added enough people that like this is a new group. Totally throws off the metrics. Yes. Like this is your kind of your new baseline, but also it tells you that whoever you just imported isn't super engaged. So it's sort of those two signs. It's not really that like, oh man, your open rates have really decreased. It's that like you have a new baseline for open rates. And this is also a signal that maybe the list you just imported isn't great. I just can't stop laughing about Marcus. I don't know why that oh. is so funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Mark is great. He's like on our onboarding squad. He's doing so much really cool work right now, mm-hmm. but he doesn't send emails through ConvertKit. So we were definitely not <laughs> just, talking about him. <laughs> oh God. I don't even know. I just feel like, okay. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have said Z. Why did I pick S? Maybe because he, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> but no, that was a good point. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to derail your point. <laughs> oh, you're fine. But yeah, I think that this one we see pretty often. Definitely. So once you've imported a large list of people, you sort of get to, you get a new baseline. Right. Like star over. Yeah. You can't compare them necessarily to the old one, but again, it still is insightful. So if your open rate's higher after the import, it's like, wow, that list was awesome. Right. These people really want to be here. If your open rate is a lot lower, it's like, Maybe you should reevaluate that import. Where did they come from? How you collected those subscribers. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of list size also, um, and who makes up your list, sending to cold subscribers can also be very detrimental to your sender reputation. And I would say, I think this may have been like a year ago. I think I saw this a lot more. I think maybe people, like, maybe we say it enough at ConvertKit that people do it. I don't know. But um, I don't see this as much. People with like half or more of their list that's cold and they write in and say they have low opens. And I think one thing about this that's kind of confusing to people typically is that if you're sending to cold subscribers for six months and your open rate doesn't seem like it's changing that much and then all of a sudden it drops 10% or whatever – I think people think it's not cold subscribers. They think it's something else. Right. But actually, there's some kind of, there's a threshold that you can send and send and send and nothing can really happen. And once you hit that with like Gmail, for example, they're like, oh, these people have been sending to cold subscribers forever. We're going to start dinging their sender reputation. And so it's definitely not like, I think in most people's minds, the way it should work or would work naturally would be like, 
I'm sending to cold subscribers and like maybe I lose a an open rate point every <laughs> percentage every every week, but it doesn't work that way. So don't be surprised if you send if like half of your list is cold and you send to them for six months and all of a sudden one day you wake up and your open rates have dropped significantly. It could be that maybe all of your emails are or not all, but maybe some of your emails are going to spam um, because Gmail doesn't like that you're sending to cold subscribers. So that's just one to pay attention to. And it's I just think it's one that sneaks up on people a lot. And it's kind of one of those like maintenance things that's up to a sender to pay attention to. Like at the end of the day, you really want to be sending to engaged people who are opening or replying to your emails and not people who are sitting on your list for a year and haven't opened an email for a year. So that's my spiel. Yeah. I think that's so good. I have two thoughts or like examples from that. So one like kind of proof, I guess, for people that this is a thing that happens is um, you might've noticed if you're a Gmail user that now if you haven't opened Ah. a message from a certain person, I think it's in about 180 days, you'll see a little kind of pop-up notification that says, do you want to unsubscribe from this sender because you haven't engaged with them lately. And so that's Gmail kind of taking that algorithm they're using in the background to determine sender reputation and making it more forward facing in that one way. Such a good example. Oh, thanks. I remember when that came out, a lot of deliverability people were like, see, like it matters. It matters how long someone goes without opening Mm -hmm. an email. Gmail is paying attention to that. And they're not just using it to show that nice notification to subscribers to help them manage their list, but they're also using that in their spam filtering. Mm -hmm to determine if your message should go to the inbox or spam. Right. And another time I saw this play out really recently with Gmail is um, we have someone on the ConvertKit team who messaged me and was like, my ConvertKit emails are going to spam. Like, you know, our newsletter, like our marketing emails. And I receive those too. And they go to my inbox and they have really high open rates. And I looked at the open rates specifically at Gmail and they were really high. So um, I asked them, you know, about their previous engagement. And I looked at their history in our marketing account and they had never opened an email Mm. and they'd been on our list for months. So I was like, can you tell me where this email went? It was one of the earlier emails. I was like, can you search the subject line? And they're like, oh yeah, that's in my inbox. So they were getting ConvertKit emails in their inbox for probably a month or two. Mm -hmm. And then after never opening any emails, Gmail was like, you don't like this. So we're going to put it in your spam folder. And then they noticed it was in their spam folder. So it's happening on a very individual level at first. And then if Gmail sees like, hey, a lot of individuals are going to the spam folder now because they're not opening your emails, they're going to start doing it to everyone or larger groups of people who originally were seeing your emails in the inbox and it'll start to really damage your reputation. So like Melissa, you're saying those sorts of things don't really always happen gradually. Sometimes they can happen more overnight because again, you've maybe you um, started emailing 10,000 people all on the same day and 5,000 of them didn't open a message for three months. And then at that three month mark, Gmail is placing all of their messages in the spam folder, just for example. Yeah, that's a great example. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, let's see, what's our next one? So similarly, is your email landing in the primary inbox or the promotions tab, which I will say is still the inbox technically at Gmail. And that's a whole complicated issue in and of itself, but very 
polarizing topic. Very polarizing. I can say with certainty though, you know, whatever your feelings are on the promotions tab, it does typically drop people's open rates Mm -hmm. when their messages go to the promotions tab instead of the primary tab. And we've seen that play out with senders where usually their emails get, you know, maybe high 20% and then suddenly their emails get like lower 20% or maybe upper, you know, teens and running tests. It appears that their first email went to the primary tab in Gmail and their second email went to the promotions tab. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a really good example of this. Um, If I look at my normal Gmail account right now, I have it pulled up in front of me. I just have like my unread inbox, like that's all I see. But when I have our test address account pulled up for ConvertKit, we have it, I don't know if you did that initially or if that's how that account came, but there are three tabs. There is the primary tab, the promotions tab, and I don't have it pulled up in front of me, and then there's something else. I think it's like social. Social, okay. And so if you don't have your inbox set up in a way where you can see the promotions tab, because it's very obvious to me when an email goes to promotions in our test account, because there's a little green, like one or two that pops up in the tab and you can easily see it. And I can tell it even has the beginning of the the from name and you can see like a little preview without even clicking into the promotions tab. So if you don't have it set up that way as a subscriber, which I don't on my personal account, um, I can't see the promotions tab by just looking. And I would actually have to go to that tab specifically, typically to see the promotions tab, which I, I realized recently, I was like, that's probably why people see lower open rates in regards to the promotions tab, because people aren't always actively searching for those emails. So it's like an out of sight, out of mind thing where like you said, Alyssa, even though it's still part of the, like the inbox. So it's not like you're getting penalized for going there, which I think a lot of people feel like it's a penalty. And it's just that those emails in working with the algorithm of actual, like what Gmail is trying to do, Gmail is trying to send promotional like type emails to a specific folder. It's just to make it easier for subscribers People feel very strongly about the promotions tab, yeah. but I can totally like, especially when we have the way we have it set up in the um, the ConvertKit test account. I actually like it a lot because it's helpful. You can see yeah. every it's like a dashboard. It's I like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't remember the exact stat. There is a stat about how many Gmail users have the promotions tab set up like you're talking about. I think it's still like less than 50%. So it isn't something to like super panic about. But for those that do, I think most Gmail accounts automatically come with it set up now. Mm -hmm. My thing that I have said, and we have a whole episode about the promotions tab. So if you're wanting more there, like how do I get out of the promotions tab? Things like that. We talk about that in that episode. It's called All About Gmail. But one thing I will say is that when a message goes to that primary tab, you might have higher open rates, which on the surface seems like a great thing, but not all opens are equal. So that's what Gmail is trying to get to. They're trying to say in the primary tab, you should have things that like need action. They are more transactional, you know, replies to conversations you're having with family or business or Mm -hmm. whatever, or like a notification about an appointment with your dentist. A bill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You shouldn't really be getting emails there that are like 20% off at the store because that floods your inbox and makes it harder to find those really important timely emails. Mm -hmm. 
So whenever your message does happen to go to the primary tab, depending on what the content of your message is, I guess what I'm trying to say is really, if your message is promotional in nature, it belongs in the promotions tab by the way that Gmail has set things up. So, but that's not the spam, like that's not the spam folder. No, it's basically like having a folder, the promotions Mm -hmm. folder, and you're filing away the promotional, like you said, in nature emails to make it easier for people to see where I love it because I love to shop. And so having those, like you said, the coupons in the promotional folder is easier to find than having everything Mm -hmm. in one folder. Yes. And so if like somehow you do this hack, which, you know, plenty of people on the internet try and say they've created a hack, they can get to the primary tab and then it doesn't work. So, (laughs) but let's say you did and you got your promotional message to show up in the primary tab and someone didn't, you know, they didn't ask for that. They like didn't drag the message to primary, but like you made it happen. Your message is going to be out of place in their primary tab and they probably will open it so that they can get to the next message. Yeah. But it's out of place there. They're not in the right mindset there to buy whatever you're selling. Again, you're going to get an open. But it doesn't mean it's a high-quality open. There's no action. Right. If that message would have gone to their promotions tab, they would only be opening it because they're truly interested. Because the messages in the promotions tab don't contribute to your, like, number of emails in your inbox kind of thing. So there's not pressure to, like, open them all. I feel like this is so... It's like a psychological (laughs) evaluation of like... I know, I know. It is, but yeah. So like if somebody clicks your message and opens it and it was in their promotions tab, that means in the sea of promotions, Mm -hmm. they saw your sender name, your subject line and clicked to see more. That is a huge, much more positive signal than someone opening the message in the primary tab because all of their emails are going to get opened in the primary tab or at least deleted or something because it it does contribute to like the number of emails in their inbox, which they of course want to get to inbox zero. So all that to say, getting in the promotions tab is not the end of the world. It probably will lower your open rates, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to lower the success of your email. Right. So something to keep in mind. Wise words. <laughs> that last sentence was gold. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to imagine me saying stuff like this to, like, my friends, like, on a Friday night, and they'd be like, what's wrong with you? I know. Like, Are you okay? I know. <laughs> I I still – I doesn't matter. Like, we just had that episode about <sighs> a day in the life of a deliverability specialist. I still cannot put into words what I do to, for people. Like, yeah. I can't explain. I can't. It's rough. <laughs> I just see people's eyes glaze over, and I'm like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if anyone's listening to this podcast, they have the same issue because you're listening to this. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure you have a hard time explaining what you do too. Okay. You mentioned this one um, a little bit earlier, but this can cause a very large drop in open rates. So if you see something very drastic happen, it might be your open tracking pixel. And sometimes I've seen this when um, someone does create a new template and they do add like something in there that shouldn't be there and it cuts off the, um, like they actually cut it out of the HTML itself, that can happen. Or if your message is too long, I, I forget what what is the... 100-ish kilobytes. 100-ish, okay. So, yeah. I think okay. it's 102 specifically, okay. but I just say 100 to keep it easy. You're the math person, so I keep the number. I let you <laughs> take the numbers. Yeah, but... Before, I've been stumped trying to help a customer, and I've been like, Alyssa, what is going on here? Didn't think to check the open tracking pixel, and there it was. There was the reason that the opens were so low. And that is a pretty, like, 
happy problem to have because it's fixable. (laughs) Yes. And I know we've talked about this issue a million times, so I won't get too deep into it. But essentially, if your message is too large or there's some other reason your pixel got clipped, it just means that whenever someone opens your message, their open isn't going to be logged at all um, because the pixel didn't get loaded. So we've definitely seen like whenever that does happen, the open rates are typically super low, mm-hmm. like 5%, you know, especially if you have a really Gmail heavy audience. So the best way to know if that's happening to you is to test out your emails before you send them out to a Gmail address, open it, scroll down to the bottom. And if it says message clipped, then you need to make the image less large or the, the email less large. Sometimes you have to take out some images or mm-hmm. do less text there have been some weird cases. I just saw someone posting about this on like a an email Slack group I'm in where certain special characters will cause Gmail to clip the message. Hmm. So there are a few weird options there, but um, I would just make sure you're testing right. your emails before you send them so that that doesn't happen to you. Yeah, good point. Cool. And then um, the last one we have here is another one that can be <laughs> – yeah. Nothing is a good, you know, problem to have, but it is one of the better problems to have. Mm-hmm. If your email is not authenticated properly, that does fall into co- sort of like a technical bucket. And it's something that once you get it fixed, your opens will go right back to normal, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. So we also have a whole episode on authentication. Feel free to check that out. But the bottom line is if your SPF, DKIM, or DMARC is failing, there's a good chance your messages would go to the spam folder or get bounced altogether, mm-hmm. which would certainly cause a huge drop in open rates. So right. that's another thing you can find out through testing. If you're a ConvertKit customer and you think that's happening to you, you can always reach out to us. Mm-hmm. We'll be happy to help. If you want more information about any of that, our authentication yeah. episode is a great place to start because that goes uh, pretty deep and we would be here for a long time if we talked about it. Yes. Yes, exactly. I know I had to throw that one on there because it is one that I see often with people who reach out and say my open rates, like what happened? And they typically, something happened with the, um, on the technical side of like maybe their, their domain host um, with their DNS settings. So it can get a little in the weeds, a little confusing, but I think our um, episode does a pretty good job of explaining just like what to look for and how to check your message for failing, you know, records. So, oh, I was going to say too, I added this at the end because it just, I was like, if I, if I was Alyssa, what would I say to close this episode? (laughs) And it was kind of what I said at the beginning already, but focusing on positive signals to increase uh, open rates. Like I think everybody wishes that they had 100% open rate because that means their audience was just so loving all of the content and always wanted to see what what was happening. And that's not realistic because like we always, always say there's a person on the other end of the email address and they're not going to open every single email or engage with every single email. So if you are trying to improve your open rates, focus on the positive signals you can encourage from subscribers like clicks and opens and how long they spend reading your email. Those things are going to make more of an impact than sitting around focusing on how to just like when you're like, I need to make my open rates higher, like focus on the other parts you can control because like Alyssa said, you you want a quality open. Yes. That should be our motto. Quality open. Yes. I love that. It is helpful to like go beyond vanity metrics. Mm -hmm. You know, we all love those. We find a lot of comfort in them, I think. 
and same can be said for subscribers. I know, I think we're going to have a whole episode on this, but not all um, subscriber is equally quality to your list kind of thing. So you might want to have the largest email list you can, but at the end of the day, that actually won't be helpful to you. You want to have the most high quality list that you can have. And same goes for engagement. So I love that advice. Also making sure you encourage replies to your email Mm -hmm. can be a great way to boost your open rates and to get those um, messages over to the primary tab if that is something you're trying to do. Right. Cool. That was fun. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah, it was fun. It's just something that I feel like is easy to talk about and I feel like it's helpful for people because it is a very common question. Yes. I would say one of the most common questions for sure. Yeah. All righty. Well, I hope you all have a great week. You know, make sure to smile at people. (laughs) If you have your mask on, smile with your eyes. Yep. I do it a lot. I do it a lot. (laughs) Smize. Okay. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.